How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good, Here good. We, are. we have a guest zooming in from Los Angeles. LA Man. Los Angeles. Mayanya. That's me. Hey, Nailed everyone. it. And tell us about yourself. L.A. attorney, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, well, I am an attorney here in Los Angeles. I've been practicing for a little over, a little over five years now, almost six. Uh, and we're living in some interesting times. I mean, not just worldwide, but specifically in the Los Angeles and California court systems because of this COVID Corona Chan lockdown. Yeah, what is going on? So what's happening there? Uh, well, you know, aside from the general uh, civil unrest that we have going on or civil lockdown, uh, the court systems are largely closed. Um, I mean, there's been an entire very quick revamping and restructuring of the legal system as it is. As I mentioned, uh, courts are closed, which means that anything that's not an emergency proceeding has been continued out until sometime in May or June. Uh, what this means is that if you're not looking for an emergency restraining order or an emergency conservatorship of the person, um, or strangely enough, uh, you haven't been kidnapped under the Hague Conventions and you're trying to bring a case for that, your case is pretty much gonna have to wait. Um, and this includes, I mean, civil rights violations, right? If you wanna file a lawsuit against the government for violating your civil rights by saying, you're not allowed to leave your house, you can't do that. Or at least it's not gonna get heard until after this is all over anyway. Um, so that is really concerning. Also for people who may not know, most court proceedings take place in person. And there's a very good reason for that. Specifically, it's a lot easier to tell if someone's lying if you're in person or not. It's a lot easier to tell if someone uh, is fully conscious of everything that they're saying if they're in person. Whereas over Zoom, over a webcam, you don't know that I'm not reading all of this off a cue card, right? You don't know that there's someone off screen waving at me and telling me what to say. Um, and despite that, right now, California at least, or Los Angeles, is moving largely towards uh, remote hearings through remote uh, deposition services, court call, uh, and this Zoom kind of thing. I don't know specifically how they're planning on getting Zoom into it, but there are ways to get remote testimony. And courts are now even talking about doing remote trials, which as far as I'm concerned is a total due process violation if ordered uh, over the objection of one of the two parties. Um, but that's where we are right now. And that's really the most shocking of it all uh, right now, off the top of my head. Can we talk about the actual quarantine in California? Because it seems as though it's more strict 
than in any other state right now. And how are the residents handling that when it's a very progressive, liberal, libertarian type of population? Is it though? Well, I wouldn't say libertarian, uh, not in okay. Los Angeles. A lot of people in Los Angeles are uh, much more on the, I guess, socialist side of the spectrum than the libertarian side of the spectrum. Okay. Um, but a lot of them seem to be just dealing with it. They're complaining. Certainly everyone's complaining, as, as we should all be. Uh, but I'm not seeing too many protests. Admittedly, I can't see too many protests out my window, which is really everywhere I can see. But yeah, the lockdown is really, really draconian here. I mean, you're not allowed to leave your house unless it's for uh, specified uh, activities, such as taking care of another person, a family member, going to the grocery store, going to the hardware store, and I think there are a few others. It used to be that you were allowed to go outside for recreation, like you go to a park, you go on a hike, but even that, they've closed down the majority of the hiking trails. I mean, I, I'm sure you all saw there was a dude out surfing and he got arrested mm -hmm. for being out in the ocean, which it, that, to me, doesn't make any sense because if the point is prevent people from being near each other, a guy out in the middle of the ocean is as far away from other people as can possibly be, right? The only reason he's anywhere near people at the time he was arrested is because the cops chased him out into the ocean to drag him back onto land. Um, and so I, I really hope that guy sues. That guy has a hell of a case as far as I'm concerned, besides everyone who was forced to stay in their homes. Um, and of course, I have to say that is not a judgment on any case you might have, whoever you are listening, uh, go and consult with an actual lawyer you're paying. I'm just opining based on what I saw of that guy. There may be facts that I don't know. This is not an uh, endorsement or assertion of any case. Um, but You're good at that. Well, you know, when you it's talk a lot. Disclaimer. Tom, <laughs> he's very cautious. Now, I, I was just going to ask Dr. Joe, what are you thinking about the like larger psychological effects of like a sweeping order. Because I remember reading like in, you know, Robert Cialdini, all those like psychology books, that people become more intelligent the more responsibility you give them. With the quarantine orders, you're taking responsibilities away and imposing more restrictions. Do you think that that can make a whole society, not to say dumber, but like more um, helpless, a learned helplessness? No, I, I think it's important to understand the context of this quarantine. I, I don't think it's the same thing as, you know, a, a fascist lockdown where you're being told your freedom is, is being absolutely subjugated. I think the, the real question here is at what point do the rights of the individual uh, go against the rights of the masses? Because the reality is there may be a virus out there that is so contagious, it affects people. We all, we, we think we know. And again, this is so fluid in terms of what we know about Corona. Um, we think that 25 to 50% of people are asymptomatic carriers. So that's really fascinating. That means, you know, that, that you may have the virus and be perfectly fine. But what happens to the other people that catch that? So, so I think this is where the balancing act is, you know, um, and I, I also have, you know, when this first started was concerned 
wow, this is the beginning of some, you know, military thing where we're going to start seeing, you know, stormtroopers walking up and down the street, which has happened. We had a guest on the Dr. Joe show last night um, who, uh, who was growing up in Nazi Germany and had to be in hiding and was, you know, escaped the Holocaust. So is that what's happening now? When you talk about the civil unrest and, and the violation of our rights, yes, I th think there is. But is there ever a balancing act with this? Well, what do you I, think? Think that's, I think that's the wrong question to be asking because of course okay. there is a balancing act. And of course, we all have the duty and responsibility on ourselves to make sure that we aren't unnecessarily risking the lives of ourselves, our loved ones, and our strangers. So for instance, even if there were no official lockdown, I would still be minimizing my exposure to the outside world because I have an elderly mother and I don't want her to get this because this affects elderly people much more than it affects young, healthy people like me. However, when the government comes out and says, hey, here's what's going to happen. You're gonna stay in your house or we're going to arrest you. The first question we need to ask as citizens not subjects, but citizens, is whence does the government derive this power? And by a review of both the California state and, or never mind that, because the uh, protections in the federal constitution supersede any limitations in the state constitution, there is no right that I have seen that the government has to uh, ignore our civil liberties in the event of a viral pandemic. Now, maybe there should be, but the fact of the matter is there isn't, right? So anyone who is getting arrested right now or having to pay fines or whatever other punishment people may be suffering or experiencing, whether it's an inconvenience or an actual legal punishment is something that we seriously need to consider. Are we going to allow the government to make up its own powers, right? And I don't like that. Yeah, and, and I think that there's a lot of people that would not like that. And to, to answer Tom's question in this context, no, it doesn't seem like people are, are becoming more stupid. I think people are, are absolutely becoming more aware of what it really is, what their rights really have been, and what happens when they are taken away. But how do we then correlate that with so many other groups in our country that have had these rights violated repeatedly, you know, and you know, it gets it gets into this huge thing. That's what, you know, the, the 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 remarkable opportunity that we have with this corona, with this pandemic, is that it does give us a, a moment to slow down and reflect. What do we have? What do we want to keep? What do, what are we giving up? What what has happened to us as a society, and is this going to divide us or bring us together? And my hope is that it's the great equalizer, that on a I am level, maybe the I am, that we're always doing the best we can, this, this coronavirus isn't discriminating against someone. It's not saying, you know, this group stays inside, that group doesn't. This group is more likely to wind up in jail, that group isn't. This more, it's, it's saying, Anyone can get it. And at that point, do we then have a group responsibility that, you know, if the government wasn't going to impose it, should we have just been doing it anyway? 
What do you think? Well, how do you impose it without the government imposing it upon us, right? I mean, they're not, people aren't going to just self-quarantine. The doctors maybe could, could lead this, but the government's the only one that can enforce and execute it. And I, I, I agree with you that people getting fined and arrested, there's some constitutional problems with that. Yeah, and I think that's, I think people are uncomfortable on every level about that. Like, for example, Keon, our local police chief, like said, we don't want to be the bad guys. And it's like, it's clear that he was thinking like, I don't, I really don't want to have to arrest or fine anyone because that's not who he is. And mm -hmm. that's because that's why he became a police officer was because of his experience with, you know, overbearing authority. Right. So I feel like that's the last thing he wants to do. And it's a strange tug of war. Uh, well, you're asking a community to do something utopic, right? To come band together and to support one another and do what's right for one another. But there's outliers that there will always they're not going to want to do that. And you can't just shoot them. But why like, should it be? What do you do? Why? Why should? Why should? A, why should we thinking that a community will band together and do something right for each other is utopia? Which utopia has a connotation that somehow. It's a fantasy. So I, again, that's that's why this is such a great discussion and why this is so powerful because it is really making us reflect what what who are we? And yeah, it, I I agree. You know, people should not be put in jail because they are violating this quarantine. I mean, how silly is that, right? So we're going to take all these people and say, we want you to keep your distance from each other. But if you don't do it, we're going to put you like really close to each other mm. in jail. <laughs> so it's like, look at this. But, but do you, you, so you see this as, as, as a real question and violation of our potential civil rights. Yes, absolutely. And, and to answer your question, how do we do it without the government imposing it on us? I don't know how we could in Los Angeles, at least, because in Los Angeles, there is no social cohesion. There are too many people uh, in general with too many different competing interests who barely know each other. I mean, no one, I know a few of my neighbors because I live in a rather small town in Los Angeles, but most people in LA, I mean, they, they, they don't know the people they share a lot with. They don't know the people they share a wall with. Uh, so it would be impossible to do anything like that without the government in, uh, imposing it on the populace, but that doesn't mean that the government thereby gains the right to do it, right? Just because something is a social good that will not happen without the government enforcing that social good does not mean that the government has the ability to enforce that good, no matter what. I mean, it if there were a carve-out in the Constitution saying, uh, you know, in the event of a serious emergency, such as a viral pandemic, they wouldn't have said that because it was, you know, the 1790s, but something like that, then the federal government can't spend uh, one civil rights as outlined in the Bill of Rights. That might be one thing. Uh, and then the government would at least have a claim to legitimacy in doing these actions. It's like, because uh, what I think, I think about the long game is 
say today, if someone came out in the United States, it's like, look at me, I am double Hitler. I'm going to take over the world, blah, blah, blah. And the federal government, bam, just takes them out. Cool. No one's really going to complain about that per se, but you just added something to their playbook that I don't know if I want that to be there eternally. It's like, yeah, I, we have the right to just take out any citizen we think is going to do something wrong. Or, yeah, or sure. I mean, even, right. Even, even without, even without uh, expanding it into extrajudicial killings, I mean, even just now, if the government says, hey, you all have to wait in your home right now, you can't leave your house, you're all locking yourselves in your home because of this state of emergency. Well, how do you define a state of emergency, right? What, what if the next state of emergency isn't the thing that's causing people to stock up on toilet paper, but it's the fact that there's no toilet paper in the stores? I don't know that's not going to happen, but I don't like the idea of all, all being locked in our houses because some economic supply chains are disrupted. What about the Sherman Act, though? You know, you talk about the constitutionality. I mean, this is martial law we you know we're in a wartime kind of environment you know mm-hmm. at what point does the government have the authority to protect us from ourselves okay. well what, what, i'm not sure that well, once, what, what, what is the sherman act for the for people who don't know can you go ahead can you go ahead i don't know what it, is. <laughs> it is the it's the it's the federal law that that institutes martial law basically it gives you the ability to make broad executive decisions and create kind of a, a, a limited constitutional um, framework for the people, right? Would you sure. Agree with well, that? In, in that case, uh, I would say there are a few issues with that analysis. The first is that we are not at war with the virus, right? So declaring martial law in response to the virus seems like it would be strange. Again, maybe the Sherman Act does not require that we be at war. I don't know. Uh, I have not read it. I would have to do research. But second, I have not heard that law being invoked, right? So if the government wants to come out and say, you know what, this this whole coronavirus thing is so uh, catastrophic, has the potential to kill, you know, a million people, therefore, we are invoking the Sherman Act, Therefore, I thought they did. I thought they did, and that's how they made it a national emergency. Is by well, maybe they did, but uh, they might have. I, I admit, I've been working too yeah. much to follow all of this. All I know is I'm not allowed to leave my house. But I would imagine there would be uh, some national guardsmen or soldiers or U.S. Marine Corps. I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, Air Force security forces standing outside my door, uh, patrolling the streets, rather than just local uh level enforcement happening i think it's available i think it's actually i think it's available right now i know they've the national guard is is uh mobilized in our region right now that Mm -hmm. it can set up and lock down borders it can you know stop people because i think we're in that national state of emergency and martial law is is in play so you know to see the to see the visualization of you know your military in your street it's we're not there yet which i think is what would probably freak out a lot of people but i think it's available for them right now that's huh. that, that that's a spooky idea though that, that you can declare war with the like i hate the term invisible enemy because 
that's the same thing as like, okay, the war on the virus, war on terror, war on sadness. It's like, if we just say that there's an enemy without defining it, the war could last forever. Well, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Ken. I don't know that the Sherman Act requires an act of war for it to be invoked, but um, I'm sure there's broad powers, probably a little bit too broad for a lot of uh, people's liking. But I mean, we're, it, we're, we're in a state of martial law, so beware, young citizen. So do you think, Ken, that we are like, at risk of really having civil unrest where people are are rioting and 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 coming out in on mass and and saying this is wrong, this is wrong. Well, it's already happened in Boise, yeah. But I thought it was Michigan, one of those places. But it's yeah, bound it, to happen. That's why I think Trump is kind of pushing for reopening and loosening and getting the governors to kind of get some sense of normalcy because I think if the containment, the quarantine lasts a lot longer, then there's going to be some instability right. I mean, and there's all sorts of reasons for that i mean not just the economic uh fact that a lot of people aren't making money right now they're not working and that the uh payroll protection program seems to have run out of money already uh so a lot of small businesses still can't get anything despite the fact that you know boeing got its what, half trillion oh, dollar yeah. bailout or or whatever unjustifiable thing that is uh, but also just being stuck at home there's God invented the workday so man could get away from his wife. Uh, and my God. Right, forcing people to stay cramped up all the time, it's just causing strife, right? So people will go out and protest just to get out of the house. Yeah, and I think, um, I think the idea of whether or not the virus brings us together or drives us apart is pretty contingent on how long it lasts. Yeah. It could get scary, Dr. Joe, if there's like another full 30 days of, of strict lockdown without loosening. Because what I, I've been talking to some of our communities about is, you know, the social responsibility and the way that you can, you can continue to conduct commerce in a socially responsible way. You know, like we've been talking about, act like you have it, act like everyone else around you has it, and everybody's going to be relatively safe. The full lockdown it's it's inhumane to a certain degree and i i get it we're here to protect each other but i think you can do it with the knowledge that we have about this now and with the ppe and all of the different things that you can use and the spacing and the the timing and and all that you look pensive dr joe he hears my kids fighting in the back i do i, do. Uh, I heard them and i thought i thought well, that's what it was here it is, it's happening right now. This is a wonderful example. Families stuck in together, and instead of saying, you know, this is so nice to be with each other, it's, you know, Kian's thought, I just, I just want to get back to work. What would happen though, Kian, if you jumped in your car and you went up, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway and you shot in and you went into the Redwood Forest and you just went into some of the deserts and you just kind of went for it? Uh, so some of those trails are actually blocked off. I have seen, uh, I actually live about a half mile away from a great hiking trail and about every 45 minutes on the weekends, you see police helicopters flying overhead, uh, to see if anyone's hiking. And occasionally you hear them saying, Hey, you're not allowed to hike. Uh, and you see a lot more activity, at least in, in my neck of the woods of park rangers 
driving around and going up there as well. So I think, I imagine if I were to go to any number of these places that I would get stopped pretty quickly by people who are trying to prevent me from getting away from society. Um, which again, just doesn't make sense because with social distancing, it's, you're not much more distant. Uh, you can't get much more distant than being out in the middle of the desert or in a redwood forest. Right, and I agree. I mean, it's it's certainly an, an inconsistency and a hypocrisy in that way. But, but what do you think the motivation is for those helicopters flying around? Honestly, I think it's because the when the government says here's how it's going to be, the government doesn't want people testing them. Right, the government once it has decided uh, that it is going to enforce a law and publicly enforce a law then it has no choice but to do that. So you get a bunch of petty bureaucrats who say, okay, you know what, uh, helicopter 15, now you're going out to that trailhead and you're gonna make sure that no one's hiking. And if they are, let us know and we'll send some park rangers or a sheriff's car over there. Just because we have to flex our muscles to let people know, A, this is serious, and B, we still have muscles to flex. Because the last thing law enforcement wants, it, sorry, the sun's in my eyes, uh, the last thing law enforcement wants is for the people to see their laws as arbitrary and capricious and patently absurd and to just ignore them, because that will lead to widespread civil disobedience in all manner of realms that the government would rather not have to deal with. And that's honestly what I think is going on. So how do we send the message that we, we have to be able to protect our rights, but at the same time protect each other? So, you know, we're, we're almost at, at the end of our show today, and this has been just great. We'd love to have you back because I can see that there is a lot more to talk about. And we all may have time to do that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the I am approach, the idea is we're always doing the best we can. So all of this, all of the people that we're talking about, this is their I am, their current maximum potential. They are doing the best they can based on the influence of the home domain, the social domain, which is the rest of the world, the biological domain of their brain and body, and the IC domain. And we respond the best we can. So right now, these domains have really been influenced by coronavirus. We are at home, the social domain, maybe this government that appears to be imposing things, it's affecting the biological domain of the limbic system of saying, wait, am I in danger? If I'm in danger, I need to protect myself. How can I protect myself if I'm not allowed out of my house? And the IC domain, how do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Am I being seen now as a subject? Because I noticed that you used that word instead of a citizen earlier on. So given all that's going on and given your experience as really being a hero and a champion for people, because that's, I know, I know you're laughing a little bit, but, but that's what I've heard. Small changes can have big effects. The four domains influence each other. You don't need to change everything. Small change have a big effect. What small change could you recommend to our listening audience right now so they can get through this? Well, I'm not sure that this is a small change uh, because from what I understand, people have been trying to do this since the dawn of time and philosophy has really been dedicated to this. But I recently, last week, watched uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which is the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 
first, I would recommend everyone watch it. It's far superior to the to the original. Uh, but in the original, the general message is be excellent to each other. And I think that's something that a lot of people fail to do. It's something people fail to keep in mind that we all just need a little bit of love in our lives. And, you know, maybe your family's grinding on your nerves because they're doing that little thing that they always do and you always tell them not to do it and they keep doing it. But just remember that you love them and they love you. And even if you don't love them because your kid was an accident or whatever, just remember that it's not that kid's fault. Um, so just be excellent to each other and try to help each other through this, whether it's your family or your neighbor or, you know, the smelly person at the supermarket, just be kind. Yeah. You know, that's it, it's such wonderful advice. It, 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 a small change, you can have a big effect. One of the things about the I am is we recognize that everybody wants the same thing. We just want to feel valued by somebody else. Think about every person you've ever met. They just want to feel valued by someone. And what's cool is that every and any moment in time, you can remind someone of their value. Yeah. And whenever you remind someone of their value, you increase your own value. So value, excellence, these are the, I think, the same paradigm, the same idea. Just remind someone that they are valuable. The second rule of the I am, and I think you're, you're already right on it, because everyone has an I am, everyone's interested in what you think about them, and you're part of someone's home or social domain, and it has an effect on their brain, because you know it feels different when you feel respected or disrespected. This means you control no one, you influence everyone. What kind of influence are you hoping to be? Well, I'm trying to make people laugh, honestly. That seems like the, the easiest way to bring a little bit of light into someone's day is with humor. And, uh, you know, maybe that's not, uh, of course, that's me in my professional realm, not in my, not in my, I'm sorry, me in my personal realm. Not no, 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 professional no realm. I'm going to go with the professional realm. That, that's <laughs> much <same>. better. My, <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible slip of the tongue. It's wonderful. Uh, and I'm a psychiatrist. Well, we'll talk about this offline. Go ahead. Great. <laughs> yeah, just, just humor. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, we could all use that. And it's true. I, I do that a lot. Because um, what it does is it, in the biological domain, it, it decreases cortisol levels. It actually increases a number of very, very helpful neurohormones. So I'm into the humor thing. Ken, thank you so much for being on. No, the thanks for having me, Doc. Really appreciate it. Great, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Visit us again. I hope Mom, so. Mark, you guys doing good? Have a good so, weekend. I, I'm, I'm so curious as to what was happening in the background of your house tonight, Mark, but uh, that would be, show. I may never know. Things Keon was talking about, just one of those things. You just smile and enjoy it and love them. <laughs> All right. We'll do it. Thanks, folks. See you guys. Good night. Peace. Stretch the canvas, brush with